Evolutionists believe in millions of years of history where specific fossils appear at specific places in the fossil column. Well, what about fossil mix-ups? Today on Creation Magazine Live. The Bible's history is supported by scientific observations, and we'll tell you about it on today's podcast. Welcome to Creation Magazine Live. I'm Richard Fangrad. And I'm Calvin Smith. Now, on, on this week's program, we're going to talk about out-of-place fossils, fossil mix-ups. That's right. Uh, they do exist, despite <laughs> yeah, notions well, to the contrary. <laughs> yeah, even in the most widely um, uh, publicized modern uh, creation-evolution debate, that would be the one between uh, creationist Ken Ham and uh, evolutionist Bill Nye, yes. the science guy. Yep. Um, Nye dogmatically claimed that, uh, and actually asked Ham, challenged him to cite any out-of-order fossils. In, in the geological uh, record, because because if there were any, of course, this was going to be a big problem for uh, the evolutionary model. And, of course, uh, due to the seeming confidence that Nye had when he said this, and, and by the way, it wasn't answered in the debate uh, either, uh, many skeptics have kind of pounced on this and said, well, this is an unanswerable question for creationists, and even our speakers have mentioned that, uh, you know, we get challenged. We're getting that question. We're getting yeah. that, that yeah. question. Uh, at a recent event, our U.S. Uh, CEO, Gary Bates, um, was... Um, well, he actually encountered a Christian university student that basically said that this this question was being used by university lecturers at his, uh, you know, as, as kind of a club to, to beat him with. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, it kind of appears that this is kind of like a knockout punch argument that uh, Nye is, is supposedly being used and uh, is supposedly falsifying the creation model. That's right, yeah. Now, th now, the best way to counter this would be to ask whether evolutionists uh, evolution makes any predictions about the fossil record. Right. And then have new discoveries disproven those? Have, have they been contrary to those predictions? First, you have to know what evolution predicts. Yep. And uh, then you can know if there's anything out of order. We exactly. should start there. Yeah, exactly. Now, the, the ages assigned to fossils comes from the position in the alleged geologic column. Right. And the, uh, the dates assigned to the rock layers in which they were found. So... Remember that it's, it's believed that the rock layers were supposedly to have been slowly deposited over millions, millions of years. Yeah. And, and similarly, the processes of burial and permineralization is also supposed to have taken a long period of time. Yeah. Now, in reality, there are a lot of fossils that don't fit within this neatly defined evolutionary sequence over millions of years. Right. And, uh, and, and not like the, the, the neatly defined series paraded in our textbooks. Right. Uh, for example, pollen fossils, you know, fossilized pollen. Uh, as evidence of flowering plants, were found in Precambrian strata. Now, according to evolutionists, flowering plants evolved 160 million years ago, but the Precambrian strata is uh, 550 million years old. That's out of place. That's out of place. You can read about that in an article on our website, creation.com slash Rorema pollen. Yes. Uh, you can see it there on the screen. Now, dinosaurs, uh, according to some evolutionists, yes. are, are supposed to have evolved into birds, right? You've got dinosaurs evolving into birds. But Confucianosaurus was a true beaked bird that predates the feathered dinosaurs that it allegedly came from. And, and it's been found, uh, also been found in the stomach of a dinosaur. So you've actually got a dinosaur that has eaten birds. Right. And uh, you can read about that at uh, creation.com. Well, slash creation. eat birds. Eat birds, right. that's it. Creation.com, eat <laughs> birds. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, I mean, really, an evolutionist, all they need to really say about that argument is that Confucianosaurus wasn't the first feathered dinosaur after all. Um, because logically, it, it, it it doesn't negate the fact that dinosaurs could have evolved from birds, right? You could have yeah. had one line yeah. go here and one there. But, but on the other hand, it, it, there's, there's no really reason to believe that they evolved from, dino, from, from birds if we found them together, right? It's just, a, just an idea. So um, anyway, interesting 
story there. Yes, yeah. Evolution textbooks have long taught that fossil evidence shows that grasses, grass plants, evolved around 55 million years ago, after the extinction of the dinosaurs, right. which was about 65 million years ago. Woe betide any illustrator <laughs> who drew a picture of dinosaurs and had, had grass in the landscape. Right. No, no, that's a no-no. Yeah. Uh, as one scientist in New Scientist magazine said, I said this, artist impressions of dinosaurs grazing on grassy plains were considered as bad as depictions of them cavorting with cavemen. <laughs> but an examination of fossilized dung has shown that the prehistoric beasts did indeed eat grass. Right. Yeah. Grass has been found in fossilized, it's called coprolite, that's the, that's the polite word, but it's fossilized dinosaur dung. <laughs> and scientists can study that and you, you find out what the animal ate. And grasses are there. Hey, dinosaurs ate grass. Grass exactly. was there when the dinosaurs were there. Yeah, so it's interesting, you know, at one time, dinosaurs eating grass was as bad as dinosaurs being depicted with people. Yes. But it's all okay now, right? Right. Because of this new discovery. So yeah. why is the idea of dinosaurs and people living together not okay now? I guess we'll need to well, find a different haven't discovery. Yet found evidence of that, right? right, right. And, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it doesn't matter where CMI speakers go, right? We we we're practically guaranteed to be asked about how you know in a Q and A or something like that how dinosaurs and the Bible how we can answer the questions about the time sequence when they existed yep. did they evolve yeah yep. all that kind of stuff. So um, I mean, you see a classic evolutionary portrait of dinosaurs uh, like the one you'll see on the screen here. It it usually depicts them in in, in a in a forest of uh, you know exotic plants and, and tropical type things. Right. And, and if you see any other creatures, they're typically, you know, uh, other reptilian type creatures. If you, if you yeah. do see a mammal, it's usually some shrew-like, you know, tiny little mammal or something like that. And I, I grew up with this stuff. It was the, the imagery I grew up with, yeah. dinosaurs, yeah. Um, gave me this land before time feel. And then, of course, they typically show you a chart, right, with a geologic col column like we talked about before. Sure. And it would show these supposed, you know, uh, ages in time. And typically you find the, you know, the, the, the sea life here and then you find, you know, things growing out of the ocean and then you finally get dinosaurs and you get mammals and then you get people. And of course, people have that in their head that this is a sequence and we never find any mix-ups, so to speak. Right. Now, uh, that's really not what we find sometimes. So. <laughs> no, uh, ma many still think that mammals and dinosaurs, for example, never coexisted. Yep. That's, you, that's the impression you might get from some of these charts. Or if yep. they did, they only lived with these, like you said, small shrew-like things, little... Uh, things running around there, but however the facts show otherwise. Again, yeah. science comes to the rescue of these false ideas. Gradually, more and more evidence is being discovered that is consistent with what we know from the Bible. Right. Science supports the Bible, namely that dinosaurs and, and other, all kinds of other creatures lived and died at the same time. Yeah. Uh, many people's, uh, to many people's surprise, uh, ducks, squirrels, platypus, beaver-like and badger-like creatures have all been found in dinosaur-era rock uh, in these layers, along with bees, cockroaches, frogs, pine trees, things like that. Uh, most people don't picture a, a, a T-Rex walking along and, and then a duck flying overhead. Quack, 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 quack. Well, that's, that's, that's what the fossils would suggest. Ducks that's right. and T-Rexes are buried together. That's right. And you can find out about that uh, article on our website, creation.com, Dino Age. Right? Now, I actually wrote that article, and, yes. and in the yeah. article, of course, I was quoting uh, information that I sourced from secular sources. Nature Magazine, New Scientist, PLOS One, Public Library of Science, or National Geographic, or, or, or things like that. So I'm quoting what the evolutionists are saying they've found, and, right. and what they're yeah. saying. And so, 
interesting, we, you know, of course we get feedback on different articles we write, and, and this skeptic wrote in, this evolutionist, and he challenged what I'd written in the article. So I thought it'd be a good uh, thing to, to show. So here's, here's the uh, skeptic's um, article, and, then I'll, and, then, I'll, and yeah. then I'll show you my response back. Um, this fellow Alex C. said that uh, evolutionists have long recognized that mammals and dinosaurs coexisted since they placed the origin of both groups in the late uh, Triassic epoch over 200 million years ago. So this comes as no surprise to anyone. You say that creatures such as ducks, platypus, and squirrels have been proven to have lived alongside dinosaurs. I don't think that's correct. The ducky reference is dubious, and birds experts disagree that it was a member of the anatid family, some call the fossil identifiable. Gansas is not classified as belonging to any living order of birds. Apparently the skull was not found, which means it's not certain that it looked like a duck. Ancient monotreme fossils have been found in the Mesozoic, but they aren't identified as platypuses or any other modern monotreme since the fossils are fragmentary. The squirrel you reference is actually uh, Volaticotherium, which is not a squirrel or even a rodent. It belongs to a completely different or a completely extinct order of mammals. And the beaver-like mammal is Costorocata, which is classified as a docodont, a completely extinct order. The badger-like mammal is a Repinomammus, which is a trichodont, another extinct order of mammals. All these extinct orders are said to have died out tens of millions of years ago and have no modern representatives. So I think it's dishonest to say that it has been proven that dinosaurs walked alongside modern mammals and birds. Hmm. All right. So I answered so uh, Alex back, yeah. yeah, and I said, "Well, look, uh, your statement. This comes as no surprise to anyone. Is absolutely incorrect." And I explained to him, "I have personally experienced hundreds of people in my presentations <laughs> that were blown away, whether they were yeah. evolutionists or creationists. That's the reason why I wrote the article yeah. because it supports the biblical account of a great flood, uh, etc." And then, uh, you know, I went through and I, I went through all of his, his things, but I said, "Look." You say that these uh, ducks, platypuses, and things like that haven't lived alongside dinosaurs. I don't think that's correct. And he said, I think it's dishonest to say that. I asked him, I said, can I expect that you'll be contacting National Geographic, Nature Magazine, the BBC, uh, you know. And all of and, these places where you got your information for and, your article. And telling them that they're dishonest they're wrong. Yeah. and wrong, because that's where I got the information. Of course, Alex didn't um, no get response. back to me on, yeah. on that one. But anyway thought that would be an interesting exercise Wonderful. to go through. Fossils have been found that are out of place with what the uh, evolutionists say they should be in. And of course, uh, particularly this recent debate uh, between Ken Ham and Bill Nye, the science guy, where he challenged uh, Ken to show him an out-of-sequence fossil, just one, and that if he could do that, that would be a huge challenge to evolution. Well, we've shown plenty already and I mean yeah, we're just going through uh, a bit of stuff here and you can go to our website and just look up out of place fossils or something like that on the search engine you'll find multiple a lot multiple articles yeah. online yeah and uh, now think about it I mean we, we've shown a whole bunch already I don't know if Bill Nye is going to see this show or if you can point it out to him if you know him but would it really change his mind I mean we've shown not one we've shown several is it really going to change an evolutionist mind or somebody that's committed to to that you know, position probably not, yeah. and we'll yeah. actually get to why that is a little later on. But I want to think about that. We've already shown several examples, so why wouldn't it change his mind? Et right. Well, he's a he's a media entertainer. He's an actor, and he he um, he waxed eloquently about <laughs> uh, the discovery of an alleged sea to land transitional fossil. This is fish to tetrapod, an intermediate. Right. What he considered. What yeah. he considered a, a brilliant intermediate. Intermediate, uh, tectalic. And uh, this is, uh, Tiktaalik is supposed to have been the missing link between fish and creatures that walked on all fours. And, and, and he spent a long time detailing this particular perfect missing link. 
And uh, he obviously thought it was a slam dunk for evolution in this case. Yeah. Indeed, Tiktaalik has uh, appeared on the cover of numerous magazines. It's in textbooks and so on. It even has its own theme song and its own website. Uh, now, what Nye seemed completely ignorant of is that fossil footprints that predated Tiktaalik of a creature that walked on land on all fours has been found in Poland, and it, that, those predated Tiktaalik by 18 million years. Now, it, it can't be transitional. Tiktaalik can't be a transition if there were already creatures walking on all fours long before Tiktaalik. Exactly. It doesn't make any sense. And you can read, read that about, read more details about that. Creation.com slash finished. Tiktaalik finished is right. the article there. Uh, now, it's not a transitional form. Yeah, it's interesting because there's been all this hoopla about Tiktaalik and, and uh, you know, Richard Dawkins has, has, has promoted it, etc. But Nye's the science guy. Shouldn't he be keeping up on, on science? And, and I mean, this has been debunked. The evolutionary community has admitted, okay, well, if there were creatures walking on land before Tiktaalik, then obviously, uh, you know. Yeah, but, well, the people that have studied it have debunked it and said, okay, this doesn't work. Right. But the general evolutionary community, I, I, I think we'd both say that, uh, no, they're still trumpeting this like it's a this Which, major evolutionary find yeah. and proves transition. And it's and actually so a huge embarrassment for them when they finally realize, right. um, because of all the fanfare about it, of course. But but there's there's actually a TikTok website still. I looked it up <laughs> just as we were preparing this show. So, yeah, you're, you're right in the sense evolutionists have already debunked this. But this common popular, you know, we already... It's the popular view. That's why the isn't issue. the website gone? Right, yeah. Right? Why haven't they changed their mind? Because it's still convincing people. Um, and, and uh, yeah, the University of, of Chicago actually hopes, hosts that website. And Richard Dawkins, in his book, The Greatest Show on Earth, this is where he was, again, claiming that here's the evidence for evolution. Yeah. He actually said, Tiktaalik is the perfect missing link. Perfect because it almost exactly splits the difference between fish and amphibian, and perfect because it's missing no longer. Well... There you go. So here, here's the gauntlet. Here's the, here's the best evidence of evolution. He throws this out there, puts it in his book. Of course, Jonathan Sarfati wrote the book, yeah. The Greatest Hoax on Earth, and <laughs> he debunked all these Dawkins things. Book. Yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, but again, there, there's this um, promotion of evolution that's out there. You get, a, you get a piece of evidence, you promote it. It's heavily promoted. In the general public, they go, oh, look, more evidence of evolution. Yeah. Quietly, you, you typically find a year or two after that, evolutionists themselves, ah, well, maybe not. And that goes, but you never see that big fanfare of, hey, right. we've debunked evolution. They so, don't do that part. Yeah, the they public is left with the impression that there's all this great evidence for evolution. Right. Yeah. And that's why typically you'll find many people that come to our presentations at churches or universities or wherever we are, they're often shocked to find out all this mountain of evidence that they thought yeah. bolstered their, their uh, belief in evolution and, and has been blown it's away. It's fairly easy for us to do that. Exactly. Because you just keep in touch with the science and evolutionary scientists themselves end up coming up with refutations to old evolutionary articles. Now, we can approach this from a little different, a different angle, living fossils. We did a show on this just a little while ago. Uh, these are out of place for evolutionists in a completely different way. Yes. Uh, these are creatures that supposedly died out millions of years ago and then are suddenly found alive and well somewhere in the world. The challenge here, of course, is that we would have expected them to still be uh, in the fossil record for all those supposed millions of years. So we find them in the fossil record, and then they supposedly go extinct, but they're still living today, but we don't have the fossils in that intervening right, they should have been supposedly there. They millions of years. Yeah, 60 yeah. million years ago, 50 million, 40, but Where are they're they? not they're there. Not right. there. Yeah. So some of these fossils have even been used as index fossils, right? So right. index fossils are used to date the rocks that they're, they're found in. So evolutionists determine the age of certain rocks, 
and then they'd find certain fossils within those rocks. And then they would say, well, if you find another rock somewhere which has a similar fossil to that, then that rock must be the same age as this rock because yes. these creatures yep. lived at the same time, etc. Now, um, for example, the coelacanth, that's probably one of the most famous uh, right. examples yep. that creationists would, would point out supposedly lived 60 million years ago, lived at the time of the dinosaurs, and uh, so they found a coelacanth in a rock. Well, the rock must have been at least 60 million years old, and it was kind of embarrassing when, of course, they found live ones off the coast of Madagascar, and you can go swimming with some of them today, and you can see some of the pictures on your screen. So you can go swimming with a creature that supposedly dates back to the dinosaurs, but it's alive today. But we don't find them in the fossil record except for when evolutionists have said they were 60 million years ago. Yes. Why aren't yes. they found all the way through the fossil record if they, if they lived all through that time? Well, right. the, the creationists would say that's because the fossils got laid down at the time of a big flood, not over millions of years. Yes. Right? Yep. Makes sense in the uh, creationist viewpoint. Another example, the Wallamai pine tree. Another famous example. Yep. Um, it's still alive today. It lived at the time of the dinosaurs, given the, stand, given the evolutionary Evolution dating of yep. these rocks. Professor Carrick Chambers, director of the Royal Botanical Gardens in Sydney, that's Australia, said that it was like finding a, quote, live dinosaur. <laughs> this is because it's known from fossils classed in so-called Jurassic age, around 150 million years ago, but not from fossil rocks in later periods. That's right. You know, everyone watching here should, should have noticed something by now, right? If you've been really paying attention, yeah, there are lots of fossil mix-ups in the evolutionary yes. story. They're all over the place. And how come this doesn't seem to be a problem the, the way Bill Nye said it would be? How come, how come every time we show a problem, it isn't a problem? Yeah, yeah. How, how First, that by definition, evolutionists would say that there are no out-of-sequence fossils. There can't and that's be. what Bill Nye said. Uh, there are no. They would claim that the fragmentary nature of the fossil record uh, is such that it, mean, it means we don't have a good idea of the entire fossil uh, column or, or the period in which a fossil belongs in. So if we find a fossil in a stratum that's supposedly 100 million years older than, than the species, using the evolutionary dating for, yeah. for sake of argument, it simply means that it evolved 100 million years earlier than previously thought. Voila, no problem. Yeah, the evolutionary interpretation of the fossil record is so flexible that it can incorporate just about any new data, right. uh, no matter how unexpected. In, in other words, the, the order of the fossils that, that's found according to their standard, the evolutionary view, then it's just incorporated as new evidence to provide a better understanding of evolution. Right. So they, they kind of feed into each other. Um, evolution is assumed and then used to explain the fossils. So no matter what we find, by the very nature of the way that they interpret facts, nothing would falsify evolution anyway. Right. The, the creationists can't find the silver bullet. You're not going to falsify evolution that way because it's historical science. And we've beat that to death so many times <laughs> on this show. But that's the difference between operational and historical science. You can't um, falsify historical science the same way you can falsify uh, right. operational science. Because um, it's, it's actually very similar with the creation model, right? We would say, look... Absolutely. When we yeah. look at evidence, it yep. fits what the biblical record says. We can show you how it, how we can interpret it according to our model. It's yeah. exactly the same and thing. We understand what we're doing. We're interpreting the, science, the, the, the new discoveries of the day according to the history that by faith we accept. Right. Evolutionists often back away from that. But uh, That's right. we've got a great book on special. Uh, the Fossil Record. It's a great book about fossils. You can pick that book up. Just go online, creation.com. Great book yep. uh, for students, for adults.
great book on the fossil record. Yeah. Talks about some of these things. And talks about some of the fossil mix-ups that we've been going through in it, much more detail. It so, does, yeah. yeah. We've been talking about out-of-place fossils. On this, the last few minutes here, we're going to talk about something that's going on in the news. Uh, current evolutionary... Um, I don't even know what to call this, but uh, the title of this article that we've, we've printed off from the website, from, from, from Just printed the off web. here, it is, is a web article. The web article, yeah. Human face shaped by millions of years of fighting, study finds. So our faces have been shaped because we've been fighting with each other. Evolution it, it, really is an explanation for everything, it's, it's right? For everything. It, it's a so, full-fledged explanation for everything. Yeah. So here's, uh, here's a little, here's, here's where we're going here. When humans fight, the face is a vulnerable target, given that the hand proportions that allow humans to form a buttressed fist appear to have been present in the earliest hominins. Do the faces of early hominids exhibit evidence of increased robusticity and buttressing that would be protective in instances of er interpersonal violence? Specifically, it's hard to read this without laughing. Specifically, do the bones of do the bones most susceptible to fracture during fighting—the mandible, uh, zygomatic arch, nasal region, uh, orbit, and max maxilla—exhibit increased robusticity? This is this is. Uh, yeah, I mean, just just. Go on the this web, going folks. On in the news. Okay, go on the web and look up human face <laughs> shaped by millions of years of fighting and read this article. I mean, I, I don't know what, what to say about it. Like, okay, so when we evolved, our human face is vulnerable to, as, as a target. So we evolved all this, okay. this armor. Okay, okay yep. so that's why your nose sticks out as this really prominent target. Hello, wouldn't our noses have evolved? To, I mean, this. You get hit in the nose, it's, it's pretty damaging. Yeah, you yeah. got your philtrum. That's incredibly painful if you get hit here. Your lips. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you've got a thin plate all around your face. You've got your temple. I mean, let's think of another vulnerable part, especially on males. They're talking about males. Our face evolved okay. because of fighting. Where, where's another really vulnerable point on the male anatomy? Can you say that? This is a family show. Yeah, I know. No, but okay. let's think about their logic here. Have we evolved any e robust <laughs> armor plating? I mean, I don't know. There, okay, I, I, we, we do articles like this occasionally. There are, there are there's people laughing in the studio here, but um, we did one last year. What was that on, on, uh, oh, on how pe what people would look like? Yeah, we're going to all, we're going to, you know, 200,000 years, we're going to have big zwinky eyes and, and all this kind of stuff. And, <laughs> and it, this is, all of these things are, it's sort of it's kind of like evolution on steroids, right? Is it? Right. Let's let, let's apply this this nonsensical idea that we evolved from apes over millions of years. That's totally blown out of the water by science, anyways. But yeah. uh, let, let's apply that to these weird things, like uh, maybe maybe fighting caused our faces to turn out the way they are. Yeah, but the thing is, though, you read the article, you've got a team of scientists. Okay, now I don't know who they yeah. work for. I don't know who's funding them. <laughs> Right? I would imagine that if, I don't know if this, this was in Canada, I don't think it was, I think it was in the States, but like public funds get sent to these, these places of, of, of knowledge. These researchers, and presumably these, these people are... are they they know, get up every morning like you or I do, and, yeah. right? And but they, they go to get, put their stuff on, go to work, and I'm going to study how evolution evolved armor plating. I don't have armor plating on my face. <laughs> like it's just it, it it truly is incredible that this kind of stuff gets passed off as science and yet many many people they'll just fire up their oh look at this you know and that that's science 
folks, it's a fairy yeah. tale. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, as as one person said, you know, evolution is is, is a fairy tale for for adults. Yeah, it makes great science fiction. Really lousy science. Yeah, but uh, anyway, we'll tune in next time, and uh, we'll have some more, hopefully not so elaborate stories for you. <laughs> Both the Creation Magazine Live TV show and this podcast are produced by Creation Ministries International, a global think tank organization dedicated to disseminating the huge amount of scientific evidence for the accuracy of the biblical account of the origin of our universe. If you'd like to donate to keep this information coming, go to creation.com slash donate. And thanks for listening.